Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yes, it is. It's that time of year. Football is back. Real football, regular season football. It's starting in a couple of nights, and we're here with your football preview, your season preview for the 2021 season, starting tonight, 90 minutes live, looking at the AFC tomorrow night, same time, 9 o'clock live with our NFC preview, along with our pick for that first official game on Thursday. You are listening live to... In much less detail, the podcast, we are here with you on a Tuesday night, the 7th of September, 2021. The regular season starts Thursday, September 9th. And, Jay, we're, we're ready. We're ready to rock and roll our ninth season, and we're ready for our, our predictions and, and just to have fun talking football finally. Yeah, our ninth, what, ninth season doing the podcast, which would mean our 11th season uh it, well, it, it's always new here. <laughs> Our 11th season of In Much Less Detail, and uh, we've lost count of how many years we've actually been uh, picking these games. I believe this would be our 31st season picking <laughs> football games. Oh, God. This is the fifth or sixth, seventh grade, something like that. Well, uh, it was, that we... it was uh, Wide Right was the first uh, uh, yeah. was the first, the first season. So that would have been 90. So, so that would make this our 31st season of, uh, of picking football games. Uh, 11 years, though, on the record, plus whatever old notebooks that you might still have uh, of, of previous years. Back in, you know, back in those days, it was all pen and paper. Oh, before the Internet, before the, the computers, before the Excel spreadsheets. That's yeah. going way back. I lost most of, most of those books, but I wish I wouldn't have because those would have really been fun to, to look through yeah. our, our Los Angeles Raiders picks and San Diego Chargers and all that good stuff. Yeah, that, go back, that was... <laughs> go back and find the whiteout games. We've only had a few, <laughs> but we, we always we always reference them on this show, the games where the pick was in the bag and you actually had to go get the whiteout because you had already circled one of us as the victor. Yeah, and. Right. uh and, and it didn't quite turn out that way. So yeah, we had we used to have uh, we're dating ourselves again. We tend to do that here. We're old. We we can't help it. Is what we do. Yeah. But yeah, ninth ninth season of the podcast. Uh, I, I like the uh, new theme for the show. Yes, I, I, uh, I guess did they evacuate that theme out of Afghanistan when we left? <laughs> it's got a little little Middle Eastern kind of. <laughs> thing going on there so it was on the last plane out and then the the, the thing came out on the last plane out we were (laughs) able to 
we were able to get that theme out. Thanks, Joe. Well, thank you for reminding me to uh, credit the actual new theme. Uh, we want to thank Robbero for the new theme entitled Spears. And it's, I think it's banging. I think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, got it's, a, always... it's got a different, different, di- different than what we've ever had before. I, I always talk about how difficult it is to go through the uh, why, yes. but not very high quality, if I may be that arrogant, <laughs> uh, list free podcast safe music and uh honestly this was like the first one i came across this time that i yeah. searched and i was like right off the bat i was like oh okay all right yeah I, i've That's i've fun. decided that i just i need to win a season here so i can just yeah. get some new theme music on the show so i can pick <laughs> the theme show no other reason i don't I actually don't care i just want to get new theme music out and i've decided you know it's been a few years so maybe i'll go lay down five dollars and 99 cents if there's a really good track oh Ooh. you know up the ante. I got to spend that, those uh, profits. Got to spend those profits, right? Got to reinvest in the show. <laughs> that, those humongous ad profits that we uh, uh, that we yeah. love to talk about. Man, but no, this, uh, this season kind of kind of crept us uh, crept up on us quick, huh? Well, those those three weeks of preseason uh, go they fly by. You, you, we're used to that fourth preseason week where. Honestly, by that time, it's like, God damn, let's, let's just start the regular season. Let's, you know, let, let's go. I'm Tom Brady. Let's go. You know, I'm so ready to, to start real football at that point. So I guess I'm in favor of add the extra regular season week, eliminate one of the uh, exhibition weeks. You don't need it anyway. And we just get right to the actual real football starting on Thursday night. I, I'm, I'm actually for that. All right. Oh, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I did the AFC tonight because I was like, wait a minute, we're doing the AFC, right? And then I got the show invitation and was like, very glad that I had done all my AFC because <laughs> I have none of my none of my NFC stuff is done. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um, so I've got my AFC. I've got all my my three wild cards for super mega wicked wild card weekend. <laughs> That's right. Last uh, year yes, we well. weren't sure yet, so we only did two wild cards, and then had to kind of go back and, and retroactively fit in, I guess, who we would have said was our first team out. <laughs> uh, no, this year, though, yeah, I've got three. 2020, the year of COVID. Just make up the rules as we go along. Oh, the yeah. season's about to start. Oh, by the way, we're going to add another uh, playoff team. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. we decided we, we should add another playoff team, make things a little more exciting. And good luck, everybody. Just make up and stuff as we go along. I didn't think that the expanded playoffs was a train wreck. It wasn't a train wreck, but I don't think the world needed that Bears Saints game. I, I really don't think that added any quality to uh, uh, to the season at all. It was a terrible game because it was a terrible team in the playoffs because the Bears shouldn't have been there. Well, be interested to see, uh, but that's tomorrow night because you are, uh, you know, Mister Kool Aid Man. Let's go. I'm ready to celebrate. Justin Fields. You were ready to it. you were ready to run Aaron Rodgers out of town. He was gonna get traded. Oh, oh that was uh that was a very very fun piece of the summer where I really thought it was obvious that Aaron Rodgers I, have you okay, am I crazy? Uh have you ever seen a break a public breakdown of a relationship between a player and his, his organization like that, in which the player at the end of the day I'll come back to the team anyway. Usually I will. When they get to that point, it's, it's fait accompli. You, you got to go. You can't come back to this team. You're sitting there bad mouthing the team. We're 
trying not to badmouth you, but you can kind of tell in their comments that the, the organization really wasn't happy with Mr. Rogers. Uh, usually when it gets to that point, it's, it's broken. It's over, right? I, I will agree with you that I've never seen that before, but I believe I'm on record all summer long saying that he wasn't going anywhere. Couldn't believe it. I could not yeah. believe it. I mean, maybe that put me in the minority. You know, everybody was just, he's gone. It, it's over. You know, he's, he's going to be a Bronco. I was like, no, no he's, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. He's not going to San Francisco. He's not going to Denver. He's, he's coming back. And so I, 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 you know, and after the longer it went, the more I knew it was just kept coming my side. And, and, and here we are. So I'll pat myself on the back for that one. But for example, really the Deshaun Watson Houston Texans breakdown is similar. Like they yes, hate each less, other about I mean, as much as the, the Packers one's a little less, a uh, little less Cosby, a little less rapey. Um, right. But putting that part aside, like Deshaun <laughs> Watson, I'm I'm not trying to downplay that, but I'm saying besides the fact that Deshaun Watson seems to be a serial rapist who likes to stick his dick in, in massage therapist's hand, uh, Deshaun Watson hates the team for the way they run things and the way they decided that they yes. needed to get rid of the receiver and, and bring in a broken out running back in return and things of that nature. And the team doesn't, of course, doesn't like him for what he's been doing. Uh, so that's broken. And as a result, Deshaun Watson is not going to play for the Texans, even though at the moment he's still active on their roster. Like and I thought, as this far was as, what was going to happen with Rodgers, like, they're they're broken. Right. Like they don't want to be around each other. But yeah. there he is; he's back. And they're and they're but they're both back, except one's a healthy scratch. Yeah, well, I don't I don't count Watson back. Watson is never going to play for the Houston Texans again. They're going to have yeah. a, a situation where both their active quarterbacks are going to get hurt, and they're going to be looking at Deshaun Watson on the sideline. and He's going to be like, dude. Y'all, y'all uh, inactivated me all season. I'm, I can't play. You don't look at me because y'all made me yeah. a, a scratch. Y'all can't put me in. So, and which uh, is such a strange situation because nothing has come down from the commissioner's office, right? You, you'd have it's an ongoing, you know, investigation. He's not even getting the uh, Trevor Bauer treatment where he just keeps getting like suspended, quote unquote, indefinitely. Um, administrative leave. Administ- it, 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 it can't really be a suspension. <laughs> wait a minute. That's yet. what they. Wait a minute. That's what they do to cops, right? When they shoot somebody. Yeah. Go. Go sit at the desk. You're not going out back on the street. You're, you're, you're not. You're not fired. You're not suspended. You're on right. administrative leave. Administrative leave. I didn't know they had that in in professional sports. They usually don't, but then Trevor Bauer yep. appears to be a very uh, unique case as well. So we could put uh, Deshaun Watson now into that category, and, and they're rolling out there with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, watch your lungs, no. young man. <laughs> He's never going to let you get near him with a needle ever again, I don't believe. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, our uh, preview, of course, tonight. Uh, usually when we do our NFL previews, uh, the first thing we do is go through, like, what's – new for the uh, the National Football League in 2021 what's the uh, the official sort of uh, point of emphasis what what's the right. viewpoint on what what the, what's going to change as far as the rule book uh, is concerned and things of that nature um i got a couple of points that seem to uh, to be new did you have anything uh, that you wanted to to bring up uh no i saw in the there was some reading some articles 
the uh, you know the the DBs can't block linemen below the uh, waist anymore. That'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's uh, the one of the ones that I just read about too. Um, no uh, blocking, uh, no low blocks downfield. So that's uh, offense and defense. If you're more than five yards downfield. Um, if you're, you know, on offense and trying to, uh, you know, run like screen plays and, and run downfield and throw blocks, you're not uh, allowed to go cut the guy down and break his ankles anymore. And uh, similarly on the defensive side, if there's a guy running and, and blocking for an offensive guy, uh, you can't dive and take that blocker out of his legs uh, in an attempt to blow the play up uh, anymore. Right. And, uh, yeah, that is going to be interesting because those DBs, some of them, not all of them, and I don't want to stereotype them, some of them will, will tackle, some of them will hit, but as we've been watching football for however many years, we just talked about that. A lot of them don't really want to, to get in there and, and make tackles, and so yeah. you know, throwing their body at the legs of, of blockers and whatnot is kind of their, their move, and they can't do that anymore, so they're going to have to like take on these, these big-ass blockers straight up man-to-man, and I, I think we're going to see a lot more pancakes than normal in the open field yeah. as a result of that, so that, that should be a lot fun. More, I think we're going to see a lot more pulling. And we're going to see a lot more screen passes. That would be the smart thing to do. I would, I would think if you're if you're on offense, just keep. Now you can't do it too much because those big guys aren't going to run downfield for the entire yeah, game. Yeah, get a little winded. Like, oh, please, please take me out, coach. Oh God, I, I need a break, please. Uh, but but yeah, uh, every now and then, uh, definitely can can spring some big plays by doing that. Uh, the obvious one, uh, the most uh, popular thing to talk about is the schedule, the uh, the new 17-game yeah. sched that is definitely going to be an adjustment for all of us old heads. Now, when did they start? When did they go from 14 to 16? Because I want to say that was before we actually started watching football. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's been, been 16 six, forever. Yeah. I mean, when I really started paying attention, it was uh, there were 28 teams and yeah. there were 16 games. So this has been the majority of our lifetime, of, of at least our watching football time of our lifetime, is what we've had. So we've had expansion. We've had bye weeks introduced, right? There never used to be bye weeks. Um, I believe now, When we first started time, watching, there were not bye weeks. I believe one time they did an 18-week season because each team got two bye weeks, and they only did it once. They only did it one year? I, I, okay, I thought it was maybe I a couple. I thought they only did it once. I, I definitely remember it, for, it. Maybe they did it for a, more than one year, but it didn't stick out to me that it would have been more than maybe two. That would be the yeah. most. But, yeah, I remember I remember for at least one year they had an 18-week season because every team got two bye weeks, and it was really weird because I remember picking games, and we'd have like 10 games in a week. <laughs> there are bye again. Those, yeah. I, I beat you this week. I was seven and three. <laughs> Damn you it! Were I was six, only... You were six, Five three, and, and one. <laughs> you know, or something. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird weeks. Um, so everybody gets the one bye week, but we have a seventeenth game, and that's going to be a seventeenth game in basically what would have been wild card weekend. So be interesting to see uh, the weather <laughs> as we get deep into <laughs> January. <laughs> um. Of how this could be affecting things, because you know we, we usually got to around Christmas time, and the season would be winding down, and now we're going late because this feels like a late start this year on top of a 17 game season, so 18 week season basically. 
I think it's the normal start. It's always uh, they have Labor Day, and then the yeah. season starts right after that. It's just Labor Day is late because it's on. Yeah. It was on the if they was the sixth, so. right? Uh, and yeah, so the definitely going to be a, a longer season. The the regular season going to January ninth, I believe, and that pushed push the Super Bowl all the way out. To, remember when it was a, a big deal that the Super Bowl was, was played in February? Like it was always in January. I always made sure to keep it in January. Yeah. And then they started to put, okay, well, I guess we'll extend and put it out to February. Now the Super Bowl 2022 is going to be the day before Valentine's. So it keeps getting pushed out more and and more and more. And uh, once they get to the 18-game season, it's going to basically start being where they play the Super Bowl and the next day pitchers and catchers report. So it's going to be something like that. And two weeks after the Super Bowl, now we'll have the draft. (laughs) Right. Because it's – well, well, basketball just ended, right? Don't they start six, eight weeks uh, from now? Yeah, the NBA is is just their season is absolutely crazy because they really do have their draft like literally a, a few weeks after their season's over because you know you got to get got to get yeah. summer camp going and you got to get uh, you know the off season and the free agency and yeah they they push everything uh, so the NFL if they want to be the NBA that's one thing but uh, you're gonna really run out of players if you keep playing them that long because it's just going to get to a point where there's going to be nobody left. People are already starting to get, starting to get hurt. Poor, uh, poor JK yeah. Dobbins is, is already finished. Yes. And the whole Jets roster. <laughs> right. Uh, but well, the, the one quarterback thing, is ready uh, to go. You know, going into week one here, the one thing that is immune from all of these changes and, and maybe due to, you know, some, some foresight on your part and the way that we've uh, done things here over the years, our scoring system remains intact because we, we pick all the games, but percentages drive us into the playoffs. So nothing actually changes even with the addition of an extra game. So that's right. There's just more job. of a sample. There's more of a sample size to, to get our percentages up, but yeah, right. I've always been a, a stickler for, I, I want the regular season to mean something so I don't want to just take well the all the best weeks and then eliminate like the the worst one or the the worst two or something or just make it where we pick only like the five or, or ten best right. games of the week or something like that. We pick all the games. We always pick all the games, and then the best percentages from there puts you in be- in the best position uh, to go into the playoffs. And it's just it, it's because I want the regular season to actually matter. I want every game to matter. Uh, I, if we were that great that we could just pick. 10 games a week and go nine and one every week and we'd be filthy rich and we wouldn't, you know, be on, on a podcast. We'd be in Vegas already. Uh, so, you know, we, we pick every game. We have our lock of the week that we've introduced a couple years ago um, that has, to, to various uh, success. Uh, I, I, it's, it's harder than we thought it would be. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, so our, it's not like we're, you know, dominating in our locks, but it's still fun. It's, it's always uh a little bit of a mental exercise to go through and pick your, your lock of the week. And it's always that game after the fact you go, damn, that should have been my lock. I should have done that. Uh, so, so that's been a, a little bit of a fun addition to our, our picks, but yeah, every game, every week and the, the confidence in each game comes through when we discuss the game, you can hear it when we talk about it, whether we really uh, believe in that pick or we're just, well, we, we pick them all. So this is kind of how I feel. <laughs> yeah, and and you know the funny part of that is sometimes those games that we dismiss end up being the the, the winners, the, 
the ones that we don't really put a lot of thought into. And then the games that we're just, we're sure, right? Full <laughs> conviction. And those oh, are the definitely. ones that are the most stunning yeah. defeats. So that's what makes mm-hmm. this fun. That's right. But uh, uh, the only only point of emphasis for officiating that I saw um, uh, reading around before the season is uh, the taunting. I guess they're going to be cracking down on taunting and throwing yeah, more flags for, for, for that. There were some ridiculous taunting calls during the uh, preseason games. I saw some of the tweets. Uh, it, it was it was pretty bad. So it we'll, we'll was, see uh, how long that lasts. Well, like most uh, point of emphasis, they they start out hot and they really right. want to emphasize it and and you know make sure that you know their bosses can see. Hey, you you wanted us to point this out and really work on this. Here it is. We're really calling this. We're really making sure that we're cracking down. And then maybe four, five, six, seven weeks into the season, it's like eh, I don't really feel like throwing a flag because the guy, you know, shook his, his ass over the player. So whatever. Yeah. It, it doesn't or or I'm not going to, I'm not going to alter the outcome of this game off this call. By throwing a flag because somebody yeah. decided to, to hot dog to the end zone while scoring the game winning touchdown. Right. Cause or, you see that in like, college, right? Yeah. Or like how a few seasons ago where we had the, uh, the crazy uh, pass interference and offensive pass interference and, 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 the, the process of a catch, and then we get to that Super Bowl with uh, New England and Philly, and everything was a catch. <laughs> and they, they would take time. They would make sure they review it and, and yeah. confirm the call that it was a catch, even though you really still couldn't tell it was a, a right. catch. Right, even though six weeks before that same thing wasn't a catch, you were like, well, <laughs> right. not quite sure. We, yeah, Al, Alberto Riverone did not want to be the, the, no. the man making that call. And now he doesn't have to make any calls because he's out of there. He yeah. stepped away from all of that, so that's that's, that's a good thing. What a shame! Yeah, I'm not the uh, I'm not up on all the college rules. I don't watch much college football. I'm pretty sure they have a very strict uh, taunting where, like, you could be running the yeah. uh, the ball into the end zone, and if they say you started taunting and hot dogging at the ten right before you hit the end zone, they'll flag you at the ten erase the touchdown and put the ball back at like the 25 and make you start all over again. And it's like, really? You're going to completely destroy the physical uh, achievement that the guy uh, accomplished, something that you could never do. That's why you're a referee. And you're going to just completely take that away because he put his hand in the air and and said he's number one or something. Like, come on, man. So hopefully the NFL doesn't get anywhere near that. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, Could you imagine how that uh, rule would have worked for Dion? He'd never have a touchdown. Yeah, he starts high-stepping at the 25. Oh, bring it back. Oh, that's it. Ball is dead right there because he started, started high-stepping. Uh, hopefully hopefully the NFL doesn't get quite to that, that terrible level. But, yeah, I so did I've, see some of those uh, taunting calls uh, in the preseason. It's like, what? <laughs> We're uh, calling this now? Okay. So I've got my AFC all figured out for uh, divisions, their order. We don't we don't really get into much into records, even though sometimes we allude to what we feel like a team might, how many wins they might get, but we don't actually sit there and calculate the whole thing out because if we did, the numbers wouldn't add up. <laughs> you gotta, first, you know, well, first of all, this is ridiculous enough to, to pretend that, that we know each division winner and the wild cards. It just to even yeah. say that we're, we're doing this for completely for fun. If you're listening. Yes thinking that we're really serious about it, then you're listening to the wrong show. This is just to, to get everybody lubed up and ready for football coming back. 
It's just talking football. Yeah. We're having fun it's, talking football for, for 90 minutes or 30, as it turned out. But it's also something to, to give us something to pat ourselves on the back for as we get deeper into the season. Yeah, because I had that before. Uh, I had that in, right. in August. In, in September. That's right. Just remember, I had the Bills before it was cool. That hipster Jay, he was on them before uh, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is ridiculous enough. But then to try to sit there and say, well, I, yeah. I think this team's going to nine and eight. And it, come on, man. Uh, you don't yeah. know injuries, you don't know trades, you don't know releases, you don't know any of that. So that yeah, it's just crazy to even try to to put the put the effort into that. And I did that once before, by the way. We're talking you know twenty twenty five years ago, but I did sit there right. with the with the the newspaper and the the schedule and actually went down the list and tried to go each team and, and made it work mathematically. By the way, I sat there and, and picked basically picked yeah. every game because you had uh, to figure the out there were. There's 256, well, it used to be 256 yeah. wins and 256 losses, right? You had to right. figure that out. Exactly. Now it's 272. And I, and I did that, and then I sat there, you know, week three, week four, week five. Well, no, that, I'm gonna, I have to change this because so-and-so got hurt. I've got to change that because the, the quarterback is this hurt. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. There's no point uh, to it. But, no. you know, a lot of times, though, these preseason feelings that we have or, or, or in, you know, they, they inform our picks, especially early in the season. We like to take a look and, you know, flaunt the geniusness. So here That's we go. That's human nature. We, we like who we like. That's right. Probably going to influence our regular season picks. All right. So usually we start with the division of the uh, Super Bowl winner, but since that's the NFC tomorrow night, uh, in the AFC, I guess we'll start with the uh, the Super Bowl runner-up and the Super Bowl winner from the year before. So for the second year in a row, we'll start talking about uh, the AFC West, home of Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you see that shaking out? Uh, I'll go. I'll go in uh, order, top to bottom. Um, I'd be stunned if we differ on this one. Uh, maybe at the bottom. But we'll see. But I'm going Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah, um, that's the only uh, difference is at the bottom. I'm going uh, Broncos three and, and Raiders four. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers one and two. And, boy, and I, what, I, a, I, what a battle that should be. Uh, yeah, I've got the Chargers as one of my three wild cards. Uh, I, I definitely think that the talent is there. Uh, we, we made fun of Anthony Lynn venting ways to lose, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have those teams that come out on the wrong side of all of those one-score losses, and, and, and especially with the uh, with the amount of experience that Herbert got last year, and and just blowing up on the scene the way he did, and uh, you know turning that team completely around. That I. I yeah, I, I I could see the Chargers and the Chiefs kind of duking it out pretty deep into December. I think the Chiefs overall, there's just, you know they got they've got the uh, you know who should be probably almost every year your favorite for MVP uh, or you know in a short list anyways. But if you're giving odds at the start of the season who the MVP of the league is going to be, uh, I would expect Patrick Mahomes to be at the top of that list. He's the the, the richest player ever. And uh, he's, he deserves every penny of it. And uh, but back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, uh, that Super Bowl last year, it, you know, we, we can't put that on him. What did they figure out? He ran for like 9,000 yards, 
trying to evade blitzers in that Super Bowl because his offensive line was torn up. So get the offensive line up back. Too. Uh, yeah, on a bad foot. Get the offensive line back healthy. That team's electric. Get the defense a little bit more fixed. Uh, Kansas City's primed for a deep playoff run. And I like the Chargers on the scene here to, to you know take one of those three wild card spots. At the bottom, eh, Raiders, Broncos. I mean, who knows? They could finish with probably the same record. They're both not very good. Um, but I'm not a fan uh, of what Denver's doing. I mean, I, I don't know if Vic Fangio is just not the right guy to be the head coach of that team. Uh, you'd like to think that Teddy Bridgewater brings them a little stability at the quarterback position. He had a nice season last year uh, trying to guide that Carolina team, even though he – kept getting nicked up and that they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. So you don't really know what they could have done. Denver's all about the defense, right? That's that, that's Vic Fangio's thing. So if they can keep some scores low, uh, they, they could, they'll, they'll sneak out some wins, but that the top two teams in that division are going to, are going to pretty much wipe the floor with the Raiders and the Broncos. So the Raiders are, eh, they're aight. <laughs> you know, they're, they got guys, um, Gruden's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this ex- I don't know if this experiment's going to work. I, I doubt he's going to make it to 10 years. You know, the things that I'm seeing are saying that they don't make the playoffs this year. The first guy to go is Mayock, which means that the next guy to go would probably be Gruden in the next year or two. I could see them buying him out or him walking away. This, this just doesn't seem to be working out. You know, the fact that they were 8-8 eight and eight last year, that's all an upset to me like that, that almost seems like progress like they're that they might actually be going in the right direction uh which is kind of crazy to think uh but yeah the expectations are much uh, higher than eight and eight obviously so if they don't take a step forward this year yeah i can see that getting blown up so uh i'll, I'll take your uh finishing at the bottom and reverse it and start at the bottom and, and work my way up to the top yeah uh, raiders four uh, i do take see them taking a step backwards uh, they they did seem to they do seem seem to be getting a little better each year uh, under Gruden, but that's you know obviously faint praise. Um, it's still the John Gruden show, you know what I mean? It's still all about him and his goals and his his expressions and his decisions. And at, at this point, it should be about the team, be, you know, because you you got to have the personnel to to take over and be the the star of the show. You can't still have the star of your show your coach at this point because that means your your team's not very good and so yeah that's a, that should be an indictment on Mike Mayock who you know we both uh, love and respect uh, here at IMLD but maybe not so much as an NFL executive but more as a, as a TV personality um, yeah I, I don't like that that program there if you look at it like a college program it's, it's not being run very well um, I don't think it's going to end well either for, for the Raiders the past D is still awful I've been raised that for years, how terrible they seem to be at their at the cornerback position, and they just can't get better. Even they, they draft guys and still suck at pa- at stopping the pass. Uh, and of course, that's going to be depth in this division. If you can't stop pass, and you're facing Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert, for the love of God, like you, you have zero chance. So that's basically right. why I have them dead last. Yeah, well, um, to your point, they're starting two. Uh, they're starting two rookies in the defensive uh, backfield. Okay, uh, have fun. Um, so, yeah, the Broncos three kind of by default because I just think the Raiders are, are just not very well run. 
um, someone was destined to knock Drew Locke uh, box at that quarterback position and start uh, for the season. It's not Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. I was really, 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 really hoping as a Bears fan that it would be Aaron Rodgers. It's not. It's Teddy Bridgewater. So wait till next year. I guess uh, a Rob will be there next year, or that's what the rumor says anyway. Yeah, Vic Bangio gets uh, Von Miller back to – lead a defense that struggled last year. He and Bradley Chubb uh, can be a quarterback nightmare. So there's always some some hope for contention and for, for some competency for the Broncos. Um, naturally, Kyle Fuller falls into Vic Fangio's lap because the Bears just don't want to keep their starting cornerback around. Ah, we don't need him. Get rid of him. And, and he just falls right to, to, to Denver. So uh, contend uh, based on competency at quarterback, uh, if the defense just it's completely lights out, that, that they would have to just be shut down in order for them to, to be a playoff contender. And then Chargers 2 and Chiefs 1, uh, we uh, start our kumbaya session by uh, saying that we both have the Chiefs number one and, and winning the division, and we do both have the Chargers uh, winning a wild card spot in the AFC. And it's easy to root for the Chargers and that big arm uh, of Justin Weber. We of course, we'll always have that story of how he became the starter that uh, it's hilarious to think that he was behind Tyrod Taylor at this point last year until uh, that, that rogue uh, pain injection that knocked Taylor down before a game and Herbert got the start against the Chiefs and responded by almost beating Patrick Mahomes in the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, with no uh, planning at all, with no practice time, with, with no uh, ability to do anything but just go and play. And, and play he did and continued to play big-time football uh, throughout his rookie season. So very impressive first year. Can't wait to see what he does in his second. Brandon Staley comes over uh, from grinding that Rams D, uh, the takeover as the head coach, and him bringing uh, Joe Lombardi from New Orleans uh, to run the offense. I think anyone that was around the Sean Payton and Drew Brees all these years certainly had to learn a lot. Uh, both got a shot. Uh, they, they definitely got a shot uh, just based uh, the offense and, and how explosive they could be, and their defense uh, has, uh, has has a chance to to be very good as well. They they have injury issues, so they gotta uh, keep you know their their guys on the field, Bosa and, and Derwin James. But when they're out there, they're they're really really good. And then Kansas City, number one, uh, the biggest if in the entire league, if Patrick Mahomes is back to 100% from that bad toe. There's no reason to think that KC would be anything other than a juggernaut. Again, they they were uh, bored last year, refusing to cover the spread in the whole second part of the regular season. They turned it up only when they had to, um, thinking they were going to just coast and win the title. But Pat Mahomes' uh, uh, foot injury and uh, the offense breaking down uh, wound up causing them big time in the Super Bowl as they lost to the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, This year they're going to be – motivated to get back to the top because I'm sure they feel like they were way below their best when the Bucks spanked them in the Super Bowl. Uh, all the playmakers are back. The coaches are back. Pat's back. Uh, the O-line is completely revamped. Brand new guys all across. Uh, don't overthink this as far as uh, picking the division. Kansas is still number one, no matter what you think of any of the other teams. Uh, yeah, I've got that feeling if there's anybody out there that's not picking the Chiefs, they're just trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes the low-hanging fruit is low-hanging fruit for a reason. It's the one you're supposed to take. And Bryson Brooklyn uh, talked about a little bit last year on the show that, hey, 
Justin Herbert's there. He's got to play uh, Pat Mahomes twice a year, and you, you can't just say the Chiefs all the way because Justin Herbert and the Chargers are right there, waiting to, to contend for a long time. Well, yeah, that that's cute. Yeah, that's fine, but, but that, that's great. At, at the end of the day, it's still the Chiefs. It's still Andy Reid. It's still Pat Mahomes. It's still Eric Bieniemy. The it's still the the right. guys that completely rocked and rolled and and. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you agree with it. They were bored last year. They were so dominant and so on top of their game that they basically stopped really trying in the second half. They could not cover the spread at all because they just they were just waiting for the playoffs to start. The Chiefs showed up when they had to. The Chiefs showed up big in the games when it was all of a sudden like, hey, what we're playing the Ravens? Oh, oh okay. Hey, hold, oh hold on God. a minute. You know, or that you know. That they showed up for because they were up for that. They had to show something, and then they were playing some games last season where they were getting to the third quarter, even into the fourth quarter, and you're like, "What is what's going on?" And they they would win, but it was so unconvincing. It was sort of the opposite of what the Steelers were doing, right? The Steelers were winning those games, but we were looking at a team that we didn't think was very good that was winning <laughs> those games as they were running out to that eleven and zero. You know, they were like, well, yeah, you know, but we were always kind of side-eyeing the Steelers. The, 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 the Chiefs were like, these guys were way too talented to be coming up as small as they are. And it, and then all of a sudden, they needed it, and it was there. Um, but it ran out on them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so that should light the fire all year, I would think, that to, to uh, get back to, to where they were last year before the, the Mahomes injury. Uh, I, I think they'll be – Super motivated this year, and I, and I suspect their uh, against the spread record is going to be much better this year than it was last year. Yeah, I, I would think so. You know, and they get uh, what do they get here? They get they get the Browns here week one. That that's an that's an interesting game. That's, yeah, that the NFL set that up on purpose uh, to make sure <laughs> that the the Chiefs have a, a quality opponent to start things off. We're not going to have them come off and. and have a cupcake or whatever. We're going to have to come right out with, with a team that they have to play well uh, in order to, uh, to, to beat them. And yeah. they, they, they got to be sharp. They're going to come out uh, right from the first uh, game. They're going to have to be sharp. But they so don't, we, but, we, but, but interestingly, they give us some really questionable primetime games with all of the, there's a lot of meat in the lineup this week. And then we get bears, Rams and Ravens Raiders. Okay. <laughs> Now, uh, now, they can't, they we, can't all be winners. Now, but what I will say we do not get this year is the Monday night double or triple header. We're back to one game on Monday yeah. night. Yeah, they, they ended that. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a reason behind it. I think I was reading in the offseason. I don't remember exactly at the moment, but uh, I, I do know why the uh, the meat of the schedule, the, the Sunday games are so stacked in week one. That is on purpose. Uh, trying to uh, placate the networks. Uh, yeah, they're the trying networks. to get CBS and Fox some mm-hmm. some love. Yeah, the the deals are are coming up, and the bidding is going to be up for grabs. And they're they're trying to put their best foot forward in in week one uh, as far as the network games go. So they they got two big time ones uh, in in afternoon window in week one. You don't ever see uh, where both Fox and CBS in the uh, second game of the day have like huge games on each network. You usually don't have yeah. to choose. Usually there's one big game and you can ignore what, what's on the other network if there is a game on the other network. Uh, but this year, we got 
uh, Cleveland KC in that second game window for CBS, and they got Green Bay and the uh, Saints uh, in that in the Fox window, uh, and that's going to yeah. be, of course, uh, from Jacksonville because the uh, Saints can't do anything in New Orleans because no one can do anything in New Orleans at the moment. There's no power. Right. In Jacksonville. Yeah. Well, it'll be the, Jacksonville gets one big, the, big time game. This year. I was about to say it'll be the best game in Jacksonville all year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we both had the same idea on that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We brought right, up the, so, um, we brought not quite the Browns by and the yeah. Steelers. Well, uh, one, two in both playoffs. That, that's pretty yeah. cool by yeah. yeah. Three, four switched is the only difference there. But uh, we brought up the, the Steelers, the uh, the Browns. Uh, AFC North uh, got some real competition there with those two teams. Of course, the Ravens, and then you got the, the Bengals. <laughs> and the Bengals. Uh, shocker, I do not have the Bengals winning this division. No. So. Uh, maybe uh, next year, guys. Yeah. I'll go uh, top to bottom here. I'm starting with the Brown Fever. I'm going to give this one to Cleveland this year. Um, I'm going to say Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. And I only have Cleveland and Baltimore coming out of this division. So I've got the Steelers right in the pine when we get to uh, mid-January. But uh, – I'll start at the bottom. The Bengals are the Bengals. The Bengals are going to Bengal, right? I mean, not a whole lot else you can say about it. They're a team that's rebuilding. Joe Burrow played nice in his first few games last year before he uh, got knocked out for the season, but he was running for his life. So they try to, you know, they bring in some guys to try to shore up the offensive line. They've got what one, two, three different offensive linemen uh, that they brought in to try to shore that up. They drafted three more, so they're, they're definitely trying to protect their asset, which is great. They drafted him a weapon when they drafted Jamar Chase, so the, you know, they're clearly working towards something. Joe Mixon's nice, but the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, this, is, this isn't their time yet. There are still, you know, three quality teams ahead of them. Um, you know, they're, they're playing the long game here. I, I don't expect big things from them. They'll probably they'll they'll definitely be drafting in the top ten again next year, but they'll be fun. They do have the potential to be fun bad. Um, I don't know <laughs> if they'll be as fun bad as the Arizona Cardinals were last year, but they they will have a few of those games if Joe Burrow stays healthy. They will have a few of those games where they can you know jump up and and, and throw a punch at somebody and sneak up and Joe Burrow does a few crazy things or you get a few crazy calls or bounces and Joe Mixon has a nice game they'll they'll sneak up and they'll beat some teams but i think i'd be optimistic if i said that 5 was probably their their win ceiling this year so i don't really see a whole lot coming out of cincinnati i expect the steelers in third place to take a step back i could see them on the wrong side of 500 this year I know the whole, all the talk in the preseasons about Ben Roethlisberger and he's in shape, you know, he slimmed down. He's going to be running around again. Yeah. Well, Ben Roethlisberger is a, you know, pushing 40 year old quarterback uh, trying to run around and be rejuvenated in this. It's not going to last 18 weeks. You know, that that's great. That'll get them only so far. They've got nice weapons offensively. They have an excellent defense, but you just, you get that feeling that this is a team on the, uh, you know, on the wrong side of the hump, <laughs> you know, and and I think that's going to probably cost them 
And uh, you know, you and I are you and I are waiting for that shoe to drop with Mike Tomlin every year. Like, what when's it going to happen? When, when, when's this going to happen? When, when's Mike Tomlin going to finally run himself out of work? I don't know if it's going to be after this season, but we'll see. He, he does and says some things that leave you scratching your head. They, they show up small. Nobody shows up small against bad teams like the Steelers does. Uh, if we keep seeing, seeing more of that, I think it could be a, a long season for them. And then I like the Ravens. You're breaking Bryce's heart there, man. Uh, well, yeah. We don't we don't pick from the heart, do we? No, no, we don't. Uh, I no, like the Ravens and to. we try not to. I like the Ravens and the Browns to to kind of battle it out all the way to the end. Kind of like the you know they think the Chargers and the Chiefs are going to be kind of duking it out. I think the uh, I think the Ravens and the Browns are going to kind of do that this year too. We said it. Lamar Jackson's on notice, right? He's on, he's the hot seat guy this year. He's got the weapons. They went and they got him Sammy Watkins. He's got Hollywood Brown. He's got the tight end. I mean, he lost his running back, but you don't really need to. You, you could put Lamar Jackson is one of your is your top running back, so you just need somebody who's competent at that position who can just kind of you know move the chains when he's not running around doing Lamar Jackson things. He's got to improve in the passing game because we know the defense is top notch, the special teams are top notch, and the coach is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And we always give John Harbaugh his due. But, boy, if this isn't the uh, season that's the, you know, make or break season for Lamar Jackson, I don't know. I don't know what is because they took a step back last year, but I see them getting back to the playoffs. And the Browns, the Browns are just the most talented team in the division. You know, they, they, they sort of slayed the dragon last year when they, uh, with that playoff game against the Steelers. Uh, they sort of showed up on the scene. They played a good you know, a very weird game, but they did play a good game against the Chiefs in that playoff loss, some weird things. My favorite rule in football jumped up and bit them on uh, what looked like a touchdown that would have made that game close, and that's when the game sort of got out of hand. But they they did show up, and they, they, they tried coming back, you know, so they, they were they were there. And uh, they didn't have to change anything. This is a team that was it's in good shape. They didn't have to go and dip too deep into free agency. They did. They brought in the linemen, uh, you know, one on each side. They brought an offensive and a defensive lineman. That's about it. So Cleveland, I think, feels like they're in good shape. They still have that backfield of probably the best backfield in football with with Chubb and Hunt. And uh, if they can stick to that and and not outcoach themselves or outthink themselves. I think they're primed to win the division. For when was the last time that happened? It's been a minute. Um, it's been a while. I don't have a, I don't have a gasping sound effect, but to hear you spit Cleveland out of your mouth at number one ever, I, I never would have thought I heard that. That is a shocker. Uh, so, for the record, Browns number one in your in the division for you, mm-hmm. and the uh, Ravens as a wild card team. Browns, Ra- yep, Browns and Ravens. One and two, Steelers, then Bengals in the rebuild. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take from top to bottom. Um, we are not kumbaya in this division. We definitely see things there. Now, it's a really good division as far as those top three, of course. It is. Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Um, so to have differing opinions on this, I don't think it's controversial. I think we just see things differently. Uh, we see developments happening differently, but I don't think uh, either one of us is – I don't think it's going to be controversial. Well, I'm saying 
I'm saying that. We'll see uh, how you feel about my picks when I get to them. Um, Let's just say Bengals. Well, then, then, then we could then we could see if you got the Bengals moving or something. We'll see. I'm I'm ending all doubt right off the bat. (laughs) The Bengals are number four. I'll get to them last. Oh, okay. Um, I'm taking the Ravens number one uh, because, and I don't want to call a change at quarterback if Lamar Jackson doesn't show a breakthrough at the position, but yeah, it, it sure seems like a make or break season for him. It, it, you, you forgive his shit play in his first playoff loss to the chargers. You, you know, he's a rookie second year, 14 record, another shit game versus the Titans that raised a lot of eyebrows. They go to Nashville last year, get revenge. They, they avenge that loss. Then he gets knocked out in, in an ugly loss uh, in Buffalo. Uh, there's more, wide receiver weapons for him. We talked about that in the off season. Uh, he's out of excuses. This is it. Um, I yep. guess I'm a, I'm a believer in Lamar. He, he always shows those flashes. Like he can, he can put it together even past times where he, you seems like he, they give him like one or two options. And if he doesn't have that, he takes off and runs, but there's some games where those one or two options, he, he gets the home run every time. Like, my only option is deep to, to Hollywood Brown. Okay, here it is, 50 yards uh, on a string right to him. And then, and then the next play, my only option is uh, 50 yards down the scene to, to Mark Andrews. Okay, here it is right there on the money. He has those games where he can do that. You add some more weapons, some some more wide receivers, uh, it takes that much more. You, you only need a few more uh, weapons. You only need a few more guys that, that can give you some options out there. Um and it doesn't take much to, to free him up uh, for a little more. And then, of course, he's always he's still got the legs. He's not anywhere near being uh, too old or beat up uh, to keep running. He's still going to run around. I don't know if he's running for a thousand yards again, but he he might. He very well might. That that would not absolutely be uh, a shocker if he did. Um, yeah, losing J.K. Dobbins is big. Uh, I, I like Gus Edwards. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the, the the bell cow all year. Um, they bring in Le'Veon Bell today to bring, to be in their practice squad and get caught up and and I don't know if that's going to really be uh, an answer either. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's best days are way behind him, <clears throat> behind him, but um, they just need bodies basically. They don't really you know superstar running backs. They just need guys that can grind it out and and almost give Lamar a break between big runs and big throws for him. Uh, so I'm going to believe in Lamar. I, I think he feels that pressure. I think he knows this is sort of make or break. Uh, they're asking, they're asking him about it. Do they, you know, people are asking him, do you think uh, the people have figured you out? Do you think the league has figured out how to, to beat you? And he's like, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I doubt that. Uh, so he knows, he, he knows uh, that the, the pressure is on and I think he's going to uh, answer the, the bell. Um, and you mentioned how, you know, talk about an organization around him. You, you know, there's no weaknesses when you look. Uh, the defense is always, you know, right up there. Uh, the coaching staff and, and John Harbaugh always have them prepared and ready to go. Um, they're What they've been doing to teams in week one of the last four or five years, I, I don't know if it's a record or not, but they've been brutalizing people. So they come out of the gate ready to absolutely kick your ass. And, and I just think they're just going to be so strong. Um, they're just going to be at the top of the division again when it's all said and done. Even, you know, warts and all, they're not a perfect team at all. Lamar is far from a perfect quarterback, and you hear me criticize him certainly uh, when he does have those moments. 
Um, but I just think they're going to be number one when when it's when it's all over in January. That, I have the thing. I'll just say that's interesting because how many times last year did we just straight up call that offense broken? Yeah, it didn't. Uh, Greg Roman's uh, needs to, to step up as well. I'm, I'm hoping he feels the pressure as well because there were times where Lamar Jackson basically said, um, "We're predictable. Everyone knows what's coming." That's uh, <laughs> and, and that's true too. Lamar can suck yeah. at, at certain quarterback skills, and also the play calling can be uh, broken and predictable. That both things are true, uh, I believe, and I think both things uh, can and will be remedied and, and addressed uh, going forward. It, it, at least it better be. Um, I have the Steelers uh, bouncing back up um, and claiming number two in the division. I have them as one of my wild card teams as well. Uh, hey, no pressure at all on Najee Harris. Uh, you're just the, the the step in as a rookie running back and provides a balance for an offense that's led by a two-time world champion and future Hall of Famer for a veteran coach who brings all the intensity all the time, and he's probably feeling some hot seat. No pressure. Go get him, kid. You know. Uh, but that's really the big deal is is clearly that offer you talk about broken offenses. Um, yeah. You know, when you talk about uh, we're going to rely on Big Ben to throw 50 times a game because we don't have any running game. Um, and Big Ben is obviously, you know, about one or two years away from being finished himself. Yeah, clearly that was not going to last, you know, long term. We didn't know it was going to break down as bad as it did in the playoff game. But, uh, yeah, they obviously needed to, to balance that offense out and they get a running back first chance they get first round pick. He's going to step right in. Um, they they got to be decent on offense uh, because TJ Watt uh, leads a fearsome defense that keeps them in every single game. Uh, well, except the, the playoff game in Cleveland. That, that was, uh, I don't know what happened there. There's you know, the, the bad night at the office. What can I say? Uh, but yeah, I just feel like uh, the Steelers addressed what they felt was the clear, obvious uh, weakness on their team. And I think it, it stood out for everybody who watched them. You got to you got to balance that offense. You can't rely on Big Ben to do it all. He just he, he can't do it anymore. Um, they're going to balance it out with the running game now. Um, they addressed that. The, the defense is, is you know, T.J. Watt. I think is having some contract issues, so he, I don't think he played or practiced at all uh, trying to hold out right. and get that restructured. Uh, but I, I think they'll tie that up and, and take care of that. I mean, what's the alternative? You're going to not. T.J. Watt going to watch him walk away and go somewhere else. That would be really stupid. So um, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be out there, uh, at, you know, when when everything goes down on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I just got the Steelers uh, bouncing back because I think they, uh, just like the Ravens, I think the Steelers address the obvious weaknesses uh, on their team in the offseason. You'd think it's that easy that, you know, a team sees what their clear weakness is and, and addresses it in the offseason. But so many of these teams don't do that. Uh, but I think That's the right. Ravens and Steelers both definitely did that. Um, I, this might, I guess this is brown hating, uh, brown fever hating. I, I got Cleveland three, and I do not have them in the playoffs. I know they made a lot of strides last year. I know. Uh, here's the case to me uh, where the numbers really do tell the story. We always talk about it. You know, it's not always about the, the stats. It's not always about the numbers. We all have our favorite stats that we like to lean on and whatnot. Uh, but Sometimes it's about the number. Sometimes it's, you got to look at the feet, what's on the field, what they're doing out there. But this, to me, you looked at what's on the field and you looked at the numbers. 
And to me, the numbers tell the story. For all of Baker Mayfield's improved play and, and leadership, you see my scare quotes here. I'm putting up with the leadership of Baker Mayfield, <laughs> all the growth that he did. The Browns last year were number three in rushing and number 24 in passing. Everyone Damn. can see they're better the less they rely on their franchise quarterback. Right. Everyone can see that. That that whooping of Pittsburgh in the playoffs, that's on their resume forever. You can have drinks in Cleveland for the rest of your lives for the fact that you beat the hell out of the Steelers in Pittsburgh in a playoff game. Congratulations. You can drink on that forever, okay? You, you did that. Now, how are you going to follow that up? Well, you can't really follow that up by saying, yes, our guy Baker Mayfield has really stepped forward and done what he's supposed to do. we got to rely more on him because you, you can't do that. You you don't win football games when you rely more on Baker Mayfield. You win them when you rely less on Baker Mayfield. You got that great one-two punch at running back that you can rely on. But once you try to rely more on Baker, things don't go well. I mean, you know, Miles Garrett leads a very talented defense there. So uh, I can't take it away from you when you say that they're going to step up and be uh, – the number one team in the division. I can't take it away that you say they got the most talent uh, in the division. They, they might well have the most talent in the division. I, I actually think uh, I, I agree with that. But you trust them to put that talent together because they they always there's always something. There's always some stumbling block. There's always something that they kind of trip over their own shoestring. Every time they're about to turn it around, something else happens, and, and they go spiraling down. Um, so I don't, you know, I got them third, but I – I'm not having them go seven and 10. Um, they're they're going to contend. They're going to fight. They're going to be right there. Uh, they're going to win some ugly games. Um, I like their unders uh, all year. Cause I don't think there's going to be too many, you know, third, like maybe a lot of 30 to 20 games that that playoff game was an aberration, but uh, yeah, I, I just have a really hard time trusting a team where it's obvious to everyone that you can't give their franchise quarterback more because when you do, uh, things go bad. That that's, that's backwards. You should be able to give your franchise quarterback more, put more on his plate and ask him to step up. Right. And maybe this year he does, but I just don't yeah. think he's going to. No, that, that's, that's, those are, those are valid points. Um, you know, there's another, there's another quarterback in the AFC that we're going to talk about, um, who has sort of transcended that, uh, and gone beyond, you know, and then actually answered that call, you know, and we, we already talked about Patrick Mahomes and, and we have yet to talk about the, uh, uh, Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, but you'd write, you, you compare mm-hmm. his career arc so far to that of Baker Mayfield, which has been sort of a, uh, a flat line Baker's to, to Josh Allen, who started off probably at the level below Baker and has now far surpassed him. Now that's taking a step forward. That's what it looks like. Yes. Um, <laughs> so do I expect that type of a jump from this team? No. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we knew that the Browns were not the most prolific uh, pass offense. You'd like, you you'd said it right there. Were they 24th? Yeah. They could win this division at 18 <laughs> or 17, right? They, they could just be league average on passing offense and win the division. Just be a little better, Baker. Just a little. And 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 I don't doubt you for being skeptical that we're asking Baker Mayfield just to be league average. It hasn't happened yet. That's a big ask. <laughs> With those weapons. And I'm those, not... now, take him off the team and switch him and Josh Allen. Browns are Super Bowl winners, right? 
Oh. Back to OBJ? Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and as far as the Bengals go, uh, yeah, bad news, guys. Clear back end of this division. They're going to be that way for a long time if they don't protect their, their number one pick, Joe Burrow. You hope he's not the next David Carr is what I want to say about him because he got ruined early in his career because of too much defensive pressure. Like, he just started seeing ghosts. He basically, you know, did the Sam Darnold thing before Sam Darnold did. Uh, if you don't know who David Carr is, Google him, kids, because he, uh, he was the number one overall pick, but you don't know much yeah. about him. Uh, because he kept getting ran down in Houston and ran around and sacked, and next thing you know, he was just every time. Every time he looked up, somebody was trying to kill him, and he just he, he lost his nerve and he couldn't play anymore. Well, that, that tends to happen when you get sacked seventy times a season. <laughs> and then the news all preseason about the Bengals was how bad the number five pick Jamar Chase was. He's dropping balls in practice, dropping balls in games, and is. So it's not looking good for for Cincinnati. Not looking good at all. That's why I said their their ceiling is fun bad, and and I don't know if they're (laughs) going to get there. They got the bad part taken care of. You can't be just bad, though. That's just – that's no fun. (laughs) You got to be fun bad. The Cardinals were fun bad, right? Right. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, Definitely talk about them tomorrow. Um. Before we get to them tomorrow, before we get to uh, Mr. Allen, the, the big project in the East, who's not a project anymore, let's uh, come down here to the to the dirty South, uh, where my, my Titans reside. So what do you think about the AFC South this year? All right. I'm going to say, get my phone back out here. I got it in my phone. I'm going. I, I would be shocked if we're not Kumbaya here, but I'm going Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. I think the Texans are the worst team in football. Uh, I think I think the Texans are playing for the number one pick because they want to draft Lamar Jackson's uh, – I'm not Lamar Jackson – Deshaun Watson's uh, replacement, uh, hashtag full of quit. The Texans might have already quit. Uh, they, they just they just said that Tyrod Taylor is going to lead this team. That, that they you know thanks Bill O'Brien, you depleted the roster. JJ Watt is <laughs> gone. You know JJ Watt is gone. Um, oh crap! DeAndre Hopkins is gone. They're all gone. So you, you emptied yep. the cupboard. So this is going to be Bill O'Brien's legacy, even though he's not going not going to be there to see it through. Uh, the Houston Texans are playing for the number one pick in football. Yeah, Jacksonville is still there, slapping Swami on yeah. women's hands. Yeah. <laughs> now Jacksonville at three, um, they also could be fun bad. Uh, we, we're not neither one of us. I think are sold on the on the Urban Meyer experience, but it'd be fun, you know. We'll see. They, you know, if they don't protect uh, if they don't protect Trevor Lawrence, it could look very much like the Bengals looked like last year. And then he plays three games, and then he gets destroyed. And then we have to put up with uh, C.J. Beathard for the rest of the season because they, mm. they they already said that Gardner Minshew gone. They, they sent him off. They sent his ass off to Minnesota. So he gone, he gone, and then uh, they had drafted the, the running Philly, back Travis uh, Travis Etienne. They drafted up oh, gone. He gone, he gone too. So, so <laughs> James Robinson after uh, going uh, UDFA last year, I had him as rookie steal of the draft, even though he was undrafted because he was uh, one of only a few people to run for over a thousand yards. Then has to watch his replacement get drafted and then blow his uh, legs out. So James Robinson uh, still there. 
the, the receivers, they, they're all right, right? DJ Chark, they, they brought Marvin Jones over from Detroit, you know. They, they have guys. So we'll see what Urban Meyer is able to do X's and O's wise, you know, rather than just be like the college rah-rah guy. The defense, not very good. This isn't, that, this isn't the Jags defense of uh, five to ten years ago, you know, one that almost carried them into a Super Bowl. Um, so I think the Jaguars are going to finish a, a distant third in the division and only finish third because the Texans are a, a dumpster fire. Uh, Colts I got in second place. It, this is the most interesting team to me because of the Carson Wentz signing. Uh, looked like he was going to be out into midseason. Now they're already talking about he, he's going to be available possibly to start playing here either this week or within the next few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what Frank Reich, if he's able to mine anything out of Carson Wentz, because Carson Wentz was we, – we were – Watching that last year, that was some like, morbid, shit. morbid curiosity last year. I think we both gave him <laughs> the yeah. award last year. I mean, that was hard. That was like right there in your face. The accuracy, the, like the most balls that should have been picked. I mean, it just there was nothing there. So his relationship in Philadelphia and with Doug Peterson and that whole thing, it had to blow up. So Frank Reich, his offensive coordinator, back when you know. The Eagles won the Super Bowl, and Carson Wentz was good then. So he's taking a chance on him, but he's bringing him into a good team. This is the best defense in this division. So you just need an offense that can be competent, right? Jonathan Taylor, 1,000-yard back, good receivers, although T.Y. Hilton, he gone. Um, yeah. So that hurts them. They have a stout, good offensive line. One of the best offensive lines in football, really, that nobody talks about. So you keep those quarterbacks upright, whether it's Wentz or Jacob Eason. Okay. <laughs> and see what they get. But again, that to me all kind of sounds like a second place finish. Although I do have the Colts uh, coming in and grabbing that number seven. Uh, wild card spot there they they're they're my my first one in my last one in so i've got the colts grabbing that spot and then i've got the titans they're the, they're the cream of the division you don't how do you add julio jones to aj brown and derrick henry i mean uh, it's not fair aj said it y'all done fucked up it, it's just not fair that you can get just imagine now you're whoever the Titans are playing that week, and you're the defensive coordinator trying to come up with an, an offensive, uh, like, I mean, a, a defensive game plan. Who, who do you who do you take away? You stop the run? Okay. You know, what's their weakest position? Tight end. And we got Julio <laughs> Jones and AJ Brown are basically tight end size. This is going to be this will be fun. This is going to be really fun to watch. I think the Titans, uh, they they snagged the deal of the offseason, I think, getting uh, Julio Jones away from Atlanta. And I think they'll be able to keep him fresh. He doesn't have to take 40 snaps out there every game. They're not going to need him when you've got, you know, 22 back there in the backfield who can just, you know, at any time break off a 75-yard run or run for 200 yards. So we, we, we talked about the uh, make-or-break season for – Lamar Jackson, you, 
Ryan Tannehill's got to be under the magnifying glass right now with this team. If this team doesn't make a deep playoff run, he might be the one to go because that's all the weapons in the world right there with a, a good but not great defense. Tennessee's defense is good in, like, in, in spots. It's, it's a really inconsistent defense. They have the players, but it's like they just don't know when they're going to show up or when they're, when they're going to be healthy. They do seem to have a problem staying on the field, so we'll see how that goes. But I think Tennessee, uh, with, with all the question marks in the teams behind them, is by far the cream of this crop. Yeah, the Titans um, have issues on defense um, as far as – I think their weakness, biggest weakness over the last few years has been uh, they don't seem to be able to rush the passer. They've had some desperation yep. uh, attempts to try fill those gaps with, with as far as passwords. I remember them bringing in Jadevian Clowney. I thought that was going to be a big pickup. That didn't work out. Uh, they, they've been trying to just find guys, anybody uh, off the street that could possibly rush the pass because you get uh, lit up in the secondary sometimes. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference when you can actually pressure the, the quarterback. Anyone can eventually light you up if they got five, six seconds to stand back there in the pocket. So I think that I think they know that's their biggest weakness, and they definitely try to address that this time. A big get in the offseason from the Steelers in adding Bud Dupree to help that pass rush. So I'll go top to bottom. We have the same order. Uh, definitely kumbaya there, Tennessee Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Houston. Uh, the Titans, this might be a Hall of Fame career we're watching with Derrick Henry. When you talk about running backs that don't seem to slow down, uh, he's just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger each year that he's been in the league. He's proven that as games get later, he gets stronger uh, inside the individual games. As the seasons get longer, he gets stronger at the end of the seasons. In December, uh, January, he's absolutely a, a bowling ball. And he overpowers just everybody. One small concern I will point out, most running backs start declining once they hit 2,000 yards. And you think about all the running backs that hit 2,000 yards, they don't have too many productive years after that. When you think about Jamal Lewis and, and CJ2K, Chris Johnson, and guys, it, it, it's, it's sometimes a str- the drop-off is really quick and really steep. Sometimes it's a little more gradual. Uh, so that's the one thing I worry about with Derrick Henry, that there's, everyone's got a limit. As much as he seems to be put together, made of titanium, that he's still a human being. So uh, eventually that, down, that downfall will come. Hopefully it's not anytime soon. Um, of course, adding Julio uh, could push the offense to another stratosphere. The reason I disagree on uh, this being uh, a, a Ryan Tannehill issue or some scrutiny on him is because I think in Tennessee specifically, they know what really bad quarterback play can do to you. They, they're coming off the Marcus Mariota era. I think whatever Tannehill has done to improve that offense, they're going to stick with, with that guy for a while. I don't think – their issues have been something where you look at Tannehill and go, he's the problem. He, he he didn't come up big time when he needed to. I think there's a lot of other issues that go into the Titans not taking that next step so far. Um, I, I think they're just scared. I'm not saying that Tannehill is, is an all-pro uh, superstar MVP-level quarterback. I'm saying I think that they're frightened enough of what it could be, how much worse it could be at that position. I don't think they're going to get rid of uh, Tannehill anytime soon. Uh, the uh, the Colts as a 
second pick uh, and you have him as a wild card, I, I definitely, obviously I can't say that that's a, a bad move because I had the Colts last year um, as my sort of uh, additional wild card team. Uh, my, you know, the, I had them just missing the playoffs. And then when you, when I look back and say, well, who will be my third wild card team? I guess that would have to be the Colts. And they did make the wild card and they gave uh, the Buffalo Bills all they could handle uh, with Phillip Rivers. Uh, of course, he's not there anymore. Uh, we know how I, I felt about Carson Wentz, uh, probably even stronger than you felt about how terrible yes. he was with Philadelphia. I'm not rooting for Wentz to be uh, as god-awful as he was, uh, but I just don't know why I should assume he's going to magically get better. He, he popped his foot in the preseason. It looked like he missed time, but like you said, it looks like he's aiming to start week one, which, okay, I uh, hope you're, you're as healthy as you, you claim that you're going to be. Frank Reich's offense going from Phillip River to wince that, that I, I I'm not I'm not with that I just I can't I can't have them going back to the playoffs going from you know and Philip Rivers is uh, I don't, I'm not trying to put him over as a as a great great quarterback but he, he was pretty good he was pretty damn good and uh, he might go to the Hall of Fame someday and to go from that to what Wince wound up being last year that's that makes me cringe I'm sorry I can't do that that's that's not an upgrade I think it might be a major downgrade if he plays as bad as he did. Uh, just can't believe in that. And, and Jacksonville, obviously, I'm not going to believe in um, because uh, – and the only reason I got them third is because the Texans are just a complete shit show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Urban Meyer already doesn't have a clue. Trevor Lawrence, uh, he looks the part, but he doesn't have a lot around him. Um, it's not completely barren, but uh, I, I don't uh, think they're going to be ready to contend right off the bat with Lawrence. Even though Lawrence looks like he's going to be a, a pretty decent – uh, pro right off the bat this rookie year. Uh, just don't ask Daryl Bevel for, for goal line offense uh, tips. That, that that would be my big tip for Urban Meyer. Don't ask Daryl Bevel for advice when you get down to the goal line. That would be a bad idea. Um, as far as Houston, uh, they weren't any good with Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, and now they don't have either. Uh, that's just – they just think out loud. Um, and because they can't just take a stand and make a decision on old rapey Mick Raperson, he's just going to sit on the roster inactive all year. That's that's just a mess. That's a hot mess in Houston. How's that nuke for uh, for David Johnson deal working out for for Bill O'Brien? How's that work? How's that going? How's that taste? So yeah, fuck the Texans. Ask Shaq how that tastes. <laughs> tell him how tell him how his ass tastes. Tell him how that trade tastes. So yeah, that's our AFC South. The only difference uh, in our picks is that you have the Colts making the playoffs, and I do not. So. Other than Which that, is interesting because uh, by my uh, measurement, then that means you've got a wild card coming out of the East. That would be correct. All right. So, so AFC, AFC and we're actually going to, and we're going to get it done in time. Only because you suggested 90 minutes each, uh, each league. I probably would have made it 60 and we would have oh. really been pushing it. So, well, you know what? Thank I you. will. Thank you for that I suggestion. I have Forgot I even suggested that. So. <laughs> You're welcome. You, you you know you know how long we go. You know how uh, how much wind we have. So yeah, AFC East. <laughs> I I don't have a wild card in this division. Uh, not an upset at all. Saying that I've got the Bills finishing first. Uh, that you know I've got, they're the best team in the division by far. Um, that offense every year just keeps going to another level. Uh, we want to keep just getting Josh Allen weapons. Uh, he's already got Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Uh, let's just bring in Emmanuel Sanders, too. Emmanuel Sanders just shows up on winning teams all the time. 
the running game is probably the only weakness. Singletary, Moss, the, those guys scare me. But if you've got Josh Allen back there, just you know, slinging fifty, sixty yard bombs, you know, picking apart defenses, you know, third and third down and thirty one, who cares? <laughs> you know, uh, the, the stuff that they can put up um, instant offense wise. Um, you know, I, I mean, would is it crazy if I think that Josh Allen right now is the second best quarterback in the AFC, uh, right after Mahomes? I mean, I, he he showed up so big last year. Um, I, I would probably have them as one and two right now. Uh, the defense defense always it plays nice. Uh, they did make some additions. You know, Jerry uses there now. Um, I like him. You know, the, the the back end has always been, you know, good when they're healthy. You know, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, those guys play. Uh, they have good kicking game. You know, for, for Sean McDermott, for as much as we were ready to run him out of town, saying that they were trying to tank their season a few years ago, which is what it looked like. The worst team to ever make the playoffs, right? <laughs> and uh, here they are now uh, as possible Super Bowl contenders. So I, I, I definitely uh, like the Bills in first. I've got the Patriots finishing second. I actually have the Dolphins finishing third. So I have them taking a step back. I, I just, as, as much as I've admired what Brian Flores has done turning that team around and all the shrewd moves that they made and, and, you know, first they dump and they get all the picks and then they make the, the way he treated that quarterback situation last year. And then to have the rumors going around that they were trying to flirt and go after Deshaun Watson. It just is what, what they've done with the mind of young Tua Tagovailoa. I can't even say his name right. But Tua. Close enough. But what they've done to Tua, uh, they've done him dirty. And, uh, you know, now they got Jake Brisket back there behind them. And if we start seeing Jake Brisket getting thrown in in the fourth quarter, oh, no. and it's the Ryan Fitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, I don't trust the Dolphins. I don't trust the Dolphins. So I've got them finishing third. The Jets are uh, the Jets are bad. The Jets are really bad. I, I know they drafted the quarterback, and, and maybe he'll bring them some excitement. Uh, they're starting three rookies on defense. <laughs> um that's that's not going to go well for you, um, you know. They, they, yeah, they've they've got some guys. They've got guys. They've got they've got Zach Wilson and some guys. I'll, I'll give them that. They got Corey Davis. They got Tevin Coleman in the backfield. That is a team of guys. And uh, to go back to the Patriots, uh, they obviously uh, had enough of uh, Cam Newton. He gone. Cut, just cut him loose. Uh, so this is this is Bill Belichick, this Mac Jones. That's his guy. This is his. This is the guy. This is his new Tom Brady. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. They still have a nice defense. Um, they just need an offense that doesn't look like it did last year because that was painful. But I don't have any of those three teams after the Bills making the playoffs. So to me, you can just put them all in a bag and shuffle them around. Although I think the Jets every time will come out in last place. Uh, I'll go from uh, bottom up to the top. Um, our order is exactly the same. Buffalo, New England, Miami, Jets. Um, Jets, uh, the rookie, Zach Wilson, has looked good thus far, so maybe he's got a, a future. Uh, everyone knows not to expect much from this, this team this year. Robert Sala comes in as the coach. who try to revamp that D while Mike LaFleur handles the offense. Uh, that, that roster is, is hot garbage, so they they got a long ways to go. Um, we both have Miami three. We both have them taking a, a year two of the, the Tua experiment. We'll, 
Will Brian Flores let him sink or swim? Now, now that he can't call Fitz Magic out of the bullpen, uh, you, you are foreseeing him uh, going to the pen and, and calling on uh, Jack Brisket, and that's just wrong. Just please don't don't do that. Um, but yeah, you can't. That, that's the reason you got to have the, the Dolphins downgraded because you can't put it past them. You don't know if, if Brian Flores is going to pull that shit or not. So just on the possibility that he would do something that stupid that uh, and. You know, you talked about the rumors of trading for Deshaun Watson. They might be that dumb, too. They, they, you can't put that past them either. So there, there's all sorts of reasons to doubt the Dolphins, uh, especially uh, short-term. just doesn't look good. But you don't know what this kid's confidence is going to look like. Uh, Taco Bailoa, I can't say his name either. Um, <laughs> don't know how he's going to play coming coming out of all of that crap from last year. Um, he, he gets Will Fuller as a weapon, which would be great, but he, he can't stay healthy and he's not playing week one because his PED suspension is still uh, intact. That doesn't uh, end until week two. Uh, Jalen Waddle comes in from Alabama. He might be the real deal, but if you're quote, you're, you know, that's his quarterback from, from Bama too. Of if he doesn't have any confidence, then that, that magic might be completely gone. Um, and that front seven of the defense is still basura. Let's put my Spanish training in the, into use for, for my hand there. Trash, basura. Uh, so, yeah, Dolphins is still no better as far as I'm concerned. I do have New England number two, and I do have New England going back to the playoffs. Now, I did this last year, so this isn't exactly yeah. – uh, this is my move, did. I guess. Yeah, we did. We, we both had New England making the playoffs last year with Cam. Uh, didn't didn't go so well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going back to the well. This is my move. I'm, I'm going with the, with the mad genius, Bill Belichick. Uh, I don't think there was much doubt that Mac Jones was going to be the man – uh, even before wrapped up in the whole COVID protocol stuff and they wound up getting cut. Mac, by all accounts, is a, is a Brady clone. He's coachable. He's hustling. He's not overly gifted, so he's likely to not go running away from Josh McDaniel's game plans. He's going to do what he's told. Um, yeah, I got them contending because they, they got their, their, their Brady Jr. now. They get their guys back on defense, all the guys who opted out. Um, and the new guys that they bring in, uh, Matthew Judon from Baltimore, always a terror, always a threat to, to kill the quarterback. That's a, that's big time. So I think the Patriots are going to be right back there contending. And I might have had them at the top at the top of the division if Buffalo was the same old Buff, <coughs> excuse me, Buffalo Bills. But this is clearly a different Buffalo Bills team. This is clearly a different. Uh, quarterback Josh Allen is no longer the project. He is the the, the prodigy. He is uh, led the number three passing offense last year. You know me and my, you know, I love my, my, I love my yards per throw. Eight yards per throw for Josh Allen and the Bills last year. They were supersized superstars. That addition of Stephon Diggs was absolutely nothing but top notch. Uh, put them over the top, made them such a dangerous offense, even with uh, a middling running game. Uh, can you imagine if they had a great running game? They, they would really be unstoppable. Man, that's why I said put Josh Allen on that Cleveland team. Oh. Um, so watching the team develop, watching uh, Project specifically develop, I, I'm a fan. I can't help but be a fan. You were a fan before me. You'll always have that. So Hipster J always has the uh, the bills. He was there <laughs> before any of you were. Any of you idiots. Um, and me too. Um, I, I, they're a tough opponent every game. I'm excited to see what's coming up next from them. They they could go a long, long way. They may be right there in the AFC title game uh, against Pam Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that would be a hell of a matchup. 
Last year, I screamed that the Buffalo Unders was the surest bet. And how good was that prediction? Most points scored in the AFC, 501 points for the Buffalo Bills. I don't think the Unders came through very much. I think that offense exploded way more than I thought they would. Most points in the league other than the, the Packers, I think, is the only team that beat them in, yeah. in points. Uh, yeah, that's an oops on my part. Uh, not even mental midget Cole Beasley can derail this team with, with all of this COVID idiocy. Uh, the run D will kill them in the playoffs. That's the part that's going to – if the Ravens don't run them out of the building, then the Chiefs and, and Pat Mahomes would. Um, but they're fun as hell. Uh, you know, Until they get that short up, they're not going to take the next step as far as I'm concerned. But they're still going to be right there uh, at the top of the AFC, and they're still going to be fun to watch. Wow. All right. So we've both got our division winners. I've got Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Titans. Uh, you have, I believe, Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Titans. Correct. So we have three out of the four. My wild cards would be the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Colts. And my wild have... cards are the Chargers, Patriots, and Steelers. So not so we have two teams we disagree on out of all of that. Four teams, <laughs> and we each have two. So you know, I have the Colts and uh, the Browns in the playoffs, and you have the Steelers and the Patriots in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's that's really that's that's, that's that's not kumbaya. No, no, it's not. And in one division, we're really uh, the AFC North. Like I said. We were really jumbled up and, and different on, on those opinions, but it's not like we think one team is going to be trash and the other one's got them winning the division or anything like that. So I, I don't plan out my whole AFC playoff picture, but I do have uh, who I have in the AFC championship. So we, so I'll, I'll uh, who do you have coming out of the AFC this year? Or if you have the matchup uh, in the championship game, who, who's your AFC representative to face our uh, preview team tomorrow night? I did not go all the way through to, to come up with an AFC title game. I will say if it's not Kansas City and Baltimore, I'd be a little bit surprised because I just can't imagine. Uh, I don't think Tennessee's defense would withstand uh, Baltimore or Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo's uh, – I don't think they can uh, – their run defense I don't think could withstand Baltimore. I think the Ravens would run absolutely through them and Tennessee would too. So um so I think it's gonna be KC and, and Baltimore. I know that's uh, copping out because they're one two in a lot of people's eyes. Maybe Buffalo will, will be two in a lot of people's eyes. But yeah, I think KC Baltimore would be there uh, in the AFC title game would, would be my most likely matchup and, and I would have the Chiefs uh, advancing from that and going back to the Super Bowl. So you've got the Chiefs repeating as AFC champs. For the third time, yes. Wow, three times in a row. You know, well, if they hadn't won the first one, they'd be the Bills. <laughs> That's right. Well, so, <laughs> they might still be the Bills. They, they, they're still young. So they might be the Braves. Uh, <laughs> 13 in a row. <laughs> That's right. They might be the Braves to get one title, but, right? Um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going a little different than you this year. So I, I've got my AFC championship game. And uh, we, we've talked about all these teams, so obviously it's not going to be like all of a sudden I'm pulling out some team completely out of my ass. Uh, my AFC title game, I have the Bills over the Titans in the AFC championship game. I have 
Buffalo Bills going to the Super Bowl this year. That, that doesn't surprise me. Hipster Jay has been on him the whole way, and he's got him taking that next step over KC, over Baltimore, over Tennessee, and going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't shake up the way the seedings are going to go and who's going to beat who, um, but I, I, I like what both of those teams have done, and uh, obviously, all four of those teams that we're talking about, whether it's you know, I, I disagree a little bit on Baltimore. I mean, I do have them as a wild card though. Um, yeah. But, you know, between the Bills, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Titans, uh, I think we can both agree all four of those are going to be a tough out when it comes to the time. And even the teams underneath them, uh, like I I got the Steelers uh, being a tough team as well, and they're fighting the Chargers. Yeah, that's uh, the top of the AFC is really, really loaded and really, really fun. Yeah, the AFC is, but it's very, it's a polar opposites. Uh, league, right? I mean, there is the haves and the have-nots. <laughs> there, there's not a lot of teams outside of probably the nine teams that we have jumbled up for seven playoff spots. After those nine, it's a big drop. Right. It was really, really hard to pick somebody that's uh, down in the bottom to jump up yeah. and be the surprise team. I, I wanted to do that because I wanted to, you know, be the genius, but I, I, <laughs> right. I, didn't, I just I mean, couldn't I'm, do it. I would say, obviously, if there's a 10th team, it's Miami, who we both crapped on. Um, but that's just because we don't trust Miami. How can you? How can we you can't. Well, after that last performance they had, that last taste in your mouth, is that is that game? <laughs> that game against a team playing for nothing? Uh, yeah, Tua's got a long way to go if they're, if they're going to contend. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, it might cost his coach a job because if those mm-hmm. shenanigans keep going, maybe, maybe Brian Flores is a better defensive coach. Uh, maybe. Not maybe a, one of those sometimes, situations. Sometimes coordinators don't always make the best head coaches. And uh, what we saw last year, it, it, I feel bad, too, because that was a team you felt like was, was ready, right, to take that step now that the Patriots had fallen off. Yeah. So that was a fun show. Yeah, that was our AFC preview. More on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. So I yeah, like the, that was the, it's like the AFC. snake charming music. <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for like the, the belly dancers and the snake charmers to come out. <laughs> an interesting well, vibe least, we got going this season. Uh, at least it didn't uh, elicit the reaction of our very first theme music. You oh, what I said it sounded like over we're, that. What I, what, what I said it sounded. <laughs> what I said it sounded like it was the Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> you and, and it wasn't just you. Like my wife was listening at the time, and even she crapped on. I'm like, okay, I got to change this. So uh, at, least, at least it's not that. <laughs> no. No, it's different. It's all right. I'll get used to it. It's what I get different. for losing. That's good. <laughs> That's right. My choice. Uh, so yeah, uh, we definitely did not get into the, uh, the Super Bowl. We're we're saving that. We're teasing, and then we'll, we'll get to our Super Bowl picks tomorrow. We got our Super Bowl teams. We got Buffalo in, and I got Kansas City in, but that doesn't mean we have them winning. We're going to 
find out who we right. got winning, you have to listen to our NFC preview tomorrow night. So did we do it? Did we do it backwards? Do we did, do we usually do the winning league first? Yeah, but that's all right. Okay. Did, did a little different. Well, I mean, because it was you know we're not doing both uh, conferences tonight, so you got to pick oh, one. We, we right. And, right. and so I'm okay with with leaving the NFC tomorrow because that I think that leads uh, seamlessly into somewhat seamlessly into the pick for the NFC Thursday game, night yeah. game, which is an NFC game featuring the champs. Right. So I'm okay with that. All right. That, that works. So yeah. So tomorrow night will be uh, the NFC. That'll be, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we pretty much said it. the, uh, the ASC is uh, a lot of good teams in the ASC. <laughs> I look up and down the list in the NFC. I, it's not not nearly as strong of a conference as the AFC is right now. No, but you know they, they, that's why they play the games, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, cream will rise to the top. But a lot of lot of divisions that are, I, I really don't know how kumbaya we can be tomorrow because there are, I mean, the East and the and the West, the East and the West, you could. Just shake it up. It it it's like shake and bake. Completely different reasons. He probably once again worse than the West has a chance to be the best. The the, the most uh, equal. Uh, right, right, yeah. No, well, the East was such a trash division last year. I mean, we we actually didn't we like refuse to talk about it. It was so bad for a while there. Like we, we right, didn't want to. We had to put a moratorium on it because it's like, what what are yeah. we talking about? We know whoever we, we we correctly say whoever wins the division isn't lasting past the first round anyway. So why are we giving them any any run? And yeah. that's exactly what wound up happening. Yeah, and Washington. Well, the Washington was uh, they were game. Uh, the great Tyler Heineke game. Uh, they covered the. the they did. I was going to say they, they covered. They, they didn't. Well, they didn't cover. They, it was a push. They they, oh, they hung okay. in enough to to, they did. to actually force a push with the uh, Buccaneers. They were eight point dogs yeah. and they lost by eight. So that was better the better effort than most of us thought they were going to give. And for the majority of that game, they were like right there. Mm-hmm. So and they they, yeah. they were they wouldn't go away. No. So and Tampa Bay, you know, they ran through to the ran through to the Super Bowl without playing like. Uh, stellar offense, but that defense, boy, that defense was just they. You were talking about catching fire at the right time, man. Yes, indeed, no doubt about that. Well, we'll, we'll get to all of that tomorrow. Our, our NFC preview. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to get to something real, real quick. It's going to take less than a minute. Uh, going back to one of our earlier traditions of our of our show, something that we missed out on because. COVID last year, and now the uh, the list is up and it's official. So I want to is it is it Rock and Roll Hall of Fame time? I, I want to do it a little slightly different. Before I used to name each person that got inducted, and you would go what or eh or something yeah, like yeah. that. So this I just want to do the whole list and just anything that sticks out to you, anything that you comment on, you can go ahead and comment on. Or otherwise, you you might just say meant to the whole thing, but. I did want to give the whole list of the uh, 2021 Rock and Roll, yes, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees that 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 
term rock and roll always seems to trip us up because it seems to get less and less uh, more about the rock and roll. So, so you ready? I'm ready. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that here's what uh, might might have been pushing some of this. The the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame website says the following, quote, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame reveals its 2021 inductees celebrating the most diverse list of inductees in the history of the organization. So that that might have been what they were on. This whole thing might be just about uh, celebrating the diversity and and talking about it. So Rock and Roll. So uh, is this, are they just checking boxes now? That that might be what what this list is, so that that's why it's uh, okay. Nice. That's why when I say rock and roll, I have to chuckle a little bit looking at some of these people. So here we go. Let's the go. list of the the twenty twenty one rock and roll Hall of Fame induction in the performer category: Tina Turner, Carol King, okay. goes Jay Z, Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren in the early influence category. Kraftwerk, Charlie Patton, and Gil Scott Heron. In the you musical... lost me with the early innovator <laughs> thing. In the Musical Excellence Award, LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes. And in the Is that Ahmed the wrestler? <laughs> no, that's Randy oh, Rhodes. Okay. That's a different that's guy. Dusty. That's Dusty Rhodes, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and who's his kid? <laughs> Dustin. Okay. <laughs> His kid is like 51. Um, and in the Ahmet Erdogan Award, Clarence Avant. Wait, so the, they... the who award? <laughs> Ahmet Erdogan. Wait, er, isn't he the prime minister of Turkey? Is that Erdogan? <laughs> Very close. He's actually the the. Turkish guy that ran the Atlantic Records back in the fifties with with Ray Charles oh. there, but similar sounding names, yes. Ah, uh, okay. So, so do, do, does anything stand about about any of those names? Well, anything that you want to let's say? To, let's, let's go back up to the performers part, <laughs> okay? Because right. I guess I guess you, Tina Turner makes sense, right? I uh, mean, I don't consider Tita Turner rock. That's the the thing that keeps tripping me up is but, rock and roll. But she had that she had that run in the mid eighties, right? It wasn't quite rock. I mean, it was pop, right? right? But she had that. I, she was on the top forty all the time, right? You know, you got so she was a staple of of, of our youth. Uh, Not a staple singer. It's different, right? But she was she was definitely there. So I, I guess um, you know more so than than some others. Uh, Carol King, rock and uh, roll, baby. No, <laughs> no, no. So so Tina Turner, I'll let that slide. Carol King, no, not 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 really. Um, was it Billy Preston? Uh, he's in the Musical Excellence Award. Musical Excellence. Okay. I mean, Billy, yeah. I mean, not really a rocker, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm aware of who he is, you know. Um, so I guess that gets you in. Somebody's heard of him. He gets in. <laughs> you know, they, they play some will go round in circles all day long. 
Uh, hey, I, named, a, I named a Billy Preston song. Be impressed. There you go. I'm, I'm, I am impressed. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, uh, lo- Todd Rundgren uh, just gets in on uh, the the Green Bay Packers touchdown song, right? <laughs> because hey, so one song can get you in. That's all you need. That's right. I don't want to. Todd Rundgren. Right. Todd Rundgren's the, the guy from the. 49ers who had four tackles in the 1957 uh, championship <laughs> game. So, so, so good job, Todd Rundgren. The Veterans Committee uh, got you. Uh-huh. You had a hit, but at least it was a big one. There you go. That's all you need. And was who's the fifth person? Uh, yeah, oh, that performer Foo category. The, Foo, the Foo Fighters, Fighters are the actual only rock band. <laughs> This is the well, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, even though. Yes, they, unless you they, want to count the born, Right. Well, Foo Fighters were born out of Nirvana, right? That yeah. was one of the guys who was in Nirvana, and now he's in the Foo Fighters. But I consider the Foo Fighters that sort of, you know, rock is alternative has sort of morphed into what we consider rock now. Yeah, basically. So I'm okay is, with that. As close to rock as you're going to get today, yeah. So, yeah, so that one, that one actually makes sense to me. By the standards okay. of, of of this committee, uh, <laughs> that I would say is the about the best they're going to get. And and any thing uh, any any uh, impression at all about the Go Go's or or the, that great rocker Jay Z? Uh, no, because the the Go Go's they're like the Bangles to me. Yeah. Um, pop. Rockers? Can you be a pop rocker? Sure. So that that sort of fits that mold. I mean, if Tina Turner gets in, you know, I guess the Go Go's got to get in. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they were pop rockers. That's that's a is that a new term? Did I just make that up, or do you think I that's think you just thing? invented it? I just made that up. They're pop rockers. Um, <laughs> and who was the other one? That's what an impression they made. <laughs> Jay Z. Jay Z. No. <laughs> Jay Z's a rapper, right? Yes. If they have a rap Hall of Fame, <laughs> Go Go's get in. <laughs> Just asking. No, that's a... but <laughs> like they, but they might put like Blondie in a in a rap Hall of Fame because technically. <sighs> They were yeah. sort of rapping a little on, on Rapture, like one of the earliest songs you could make. So it's one of those. Like Jay Z wasn't rocking on any of his songs, but he had you know rock samples and whatnot. So uh, I, I guess that's how you can sort of get around that. I guess. I guess. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So it really, really, the it, very diverse. You were right. <laughs> They they cannot put the word diverse enough all over this website. Like they talk about it before the uh, they do the list, and they talk about it after. The, the Afterwards, oh, they talk they, about this diverse class of talent. Yeah, they were uh, in such a hurry to pat themselves on the back and make we them, are you know, so look, diverse. We are so woke. Look at this group. This is the wokest class of rock and roll hall of famers you've <laughs> ever had. Everybody, look at us. Even though. Three, maybe four of them actually define rock, ever. rock, and 
and that's a lo- and that's even with loose interpretation. <laughs> yes, very loose. So yeah, that, that's uh, I, I could see why you sort of gl- like glossed through it this year. Well, because before I would go, to, you know, with every individual, and I'd wait for you to say something, and you'd be like, "Eh," and like, "Okay, next," and I'd read the next one. You'd be like, "Yeah, eh, yeah. So, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I guess." Here's, so here's the whole list, and you can talk about whoever you want to talk about. So uh, I'm a, I'm sure you're aware of this, so I'd, I'd be interested to get your take on this situation that crept up within the last, I'd say about a week, week and a half ago, since it pertains to, to one of your keen interests in the world, and that would be this uh, Daphne situation. Oh, you heard about that. Huh. I, yeah. Uh, Pretty much. I uh, have... would, you, would you go on Instagram to pretty much off yeah. yourself and yeah. uh, turn off the camera and then do it. It tends to show up on the radar. That's, that, I, I, and, and, I, very, and very sad, very, very sad situation. So I, I yeah. was interested to hear you. So I was interested right away to get your take on that. Um, might as well talk about it. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of, uh, to, of insight to add, but yes, I'm uh, aware of it. The, the night that it happened, all I basically know was I was seeing a bunch of a bunch of people tweeting about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, on, on wrestling Twitter, basically. And then I actually went to sleep that night with the last thought of being uh, a former uh, fellow female wrestler, uh, April Hunter, who's one of the fucking naturally hottest women I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I saw her tweeting about it saying that the family was headed over there and and was and was going to be with her or something like that. So I actually went to sleep thinking that the situation was resolved and on it, you know, on its way to uh, being resolved. And then I woke up the next morning seeing all the, uh, you know, RIP death, uh, RIP daddies. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck, what the fuck happened? Um, so I, I guess the family and the uh, authorities were trying to get to her and then just were not, uh, were, were too late or she she wouldn't let him in or something like that. All I all I know is that there were people uh, the next morning saying, please do not uh, share the video. And I'm like, oh God, okay. Yeah. So I, I did not look for the video. I didn't I didn't know how graphic it was. I didn't know if she actually did it on camera or not. Uh, like no, people's... it wasn't. It okay. wasn't. There was no. It wasn't graphic. So I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter that night and I'm not paying any you know major. T- I don't even know what it is or who it is. Yeah. But you're you eventually get to the point where it's trending and you start to see like, you know, something about like Instagram suicide. So basically what it was, was basically this, 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 this woman just basically like pouring her heart out, but fully telling everybody that she intended to off herself. Um, It had a, had a gun on the video. uh, But with the other angle that really stood out to me from what was being pulled from the excerpts from what people were saying was being said on there was that uh, it sounded like there was like a CTE angle to it, you know, that she wanted her brain to be. So she was like, you know, was that a, who was that? Was that Seau or who was that? Um, Yeah. I'm pretty sure Seau got sent in the the heart and the chest on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. So, because they knew that their life was like miserable, and they knew it was something to do with all the concussions and, and the CTE. So, that that angle 
sort of jumped mm-hmm. right out to me that, 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 that that's what she was out there talking about how alone she was and how depressed and, you know, um, and, and the things that were all wrong in her head and uh, wanted her brain to be studied because, you know, and, and uh, obviously that is a sport, sport or uh, entertainment um, that, that lends itself to uh, head trauma. Yes, very just, much just so. like what we talk about on this show. Um, but yeah, when I when I was reading about that with the whole angle of, uh, you know, threatening to shoot herself in the chest or shoot herself in the heart so that her brain could be studied, I was just like, wow, that just took me right back to the whole Seau thing. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same situation. Um, and she wasn't been a performer in the ring that long. Like she wasn't like a 15-year veteran or something. She did it in WCW back at the end uh, of yeah. the of 90s. Uh, and she did a little more for uh, for TNA early on in their run. And I think that's actually where she got severely uh, concussed was in TNA. And that's when her, her, her health uh, took a turn for the worse and obviously got worse and worse. Over the years, yeah, I, I wish I had a lot of uh, intelligent stuff to add to it, but I really don't. I just I remember her. I watched her perform. She had a very unique character. It was sort of a wild child, uh, almost goth uh, uh, type of, of woman. I guess that's how she was in real life, and uh, she uh, she was a, a good character to watch on screen because she was different from the other women. She was, she wasn't, you know, the blonde uh, implant bimbo. She was, you know, dark hair and, and uh, like I said, sort of a golf type of character, the dark circles around the eyes and stuff. But she was, she wasn't like depressed or depressing. She was more of a right. fun loving golf type character. If it, you know, if, if that makes any sense. Um, and she wasn't, uh, she was she wasn't in wrestling uh, like from from the get go like from a, a very young age she sort of got into it later on in her life but she did have some athletic uh, background and she did take to the ring uh, pretty easily and and by all accounts was uh, was a joy and was fun to work with and a lot of a lot of uh, women wrestlers uh, were very very uh, depressed on on Twitter and and social media and doing a lot of tributes and, and talking about how much uh, she meant. Um, had a, a actor um, that just passed away as well, uh, New York actor, Michael Williams, I believe was his name. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of similar sentiments pouring out for him that he was uh, much appreciated by his peers. I think that's usually the best uh, way to tell what kind of impact somebody made was if the people that they worked with and were around every day uh, come out and, and talk about how great they were, because everyone's family is always going to come out and talk about how great they were. Even the, the most disgusting uh, person is going to have their family come out and say, he was really a good guy. You just misunderstood. Um, but when the, you know, your peers and the people that uh, you, you are around on a daily basis come out and, and talk about what kind of person you are, that, that I think shows a lot more to me. So uh, yeah, both of them, uh, that that's what really stood out was watching the the tributes sort of pour out like one post after another after another from you know for, as far as Daphne from uh, female wrestlers that I have watched over the years and, and didn't know that they were even on you know on Twitter that they were stepping out to to make 
comments and statements about how how much she's going to be missed and how how sweet of a of a person she was, and same with Michael Williams people coming out and uh, talking about what a what a guy he was, what you know how honest he was, and and uh, that always makes a difference for me when people talk about someone's honesty when people talk about someone who's willing to share what they've been through uh, in an attempt to let people understand, you know, where they come from um, and if they can help other people. Cause that's sort of what I, you know, I, I don't know how much I talk about as far as the things that I've been through and, and struggles that I've gone through in my life, but I'd like to think that I talk about it and I'm open about things like that because there's might be people out there that, or going through similar things, and I always want to be that type of person to uh, be open to helping someone else who might be going through similar situations. So that's why when I talk about things that that really affect me, that's the reason I do it. It's because I want to uh, be that type of person to to help others uh, who might be going through the same type of stuff. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I uh, that's what stood out to me about Daphne was that she was um, a, a great seems to be a great person who just had a, a bad a bad thing happened with uh, as far as getting her her, her head bashed in, in in TNA and the uh, the downward spiral that that took and yeah that that is remind uh, that does remind you of Junior Seau because he had the same sentiments that you know life was going to be bleak from this point forward and he just saw things getting worse and worse from from there uh, because of the uh, the because of his brain and because of things that are. Uh, going downhill, like he he didn't see a way to stop, and I think that's what Daphne was going through as well. So yeah, very similar situation. Very sad for uh, for both. Yeah, and we'll say, you know, bring it up to you know, leave it to me to bring wrestling into the show, but uh, yeah, I'm, sure you I didn't ex- know how. I know you you weren't expecting that. I'm sure. I definitely wasn't expecting. I, well, I had no clue about the the impact that uh, you know. What I didn't know that she had made it that far to be on the on the screen or on the radar of people who aren't on wrestling Twitter. Like I knew. Right. No, about it, it, it became, of, um, yeah, it, it became like a, like a trending thing. Like it, it was okay. a thing. And it, if it was the night before when I was sort of following along with it right before bed. And yeah. then when I went to bed and I got up the next day, I was, you know, I'm at work and I'm kind of checking through things. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not seeing anything about this, you know, and it's not like I have any investment in this, but it's like it's the, it's the drama. It's right. You get wrapped up in something on social media and uh, you, you just don't want to see something end that way, you know, uh, yeah. especially with what you could see the night before with all the outpouring of support from coming in from all over the place and people trying to send all these like positive messages and from the fans and the, and the other people in that in that line of work. And they're all sending that out. And then about, I don't know, maybe one, two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm just, yeah, pull it out, pull out the Twitter. And it's like number six or seven on the trending thing. It just says RIP Daphne. And I was like, Ooh, uh-huh. you know, cause you know, obviously, you know, take some time before things get announced and, you know, then you start reading that and you're like, okay, is this a joke? And then you start reading the actual responses. You're like, Nope, it, it actually happens. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it, and, you know, and the hard part is, you know, for these situations, for these people that have the problem, realizing, you know, a lot of times you have a problem, you don't realize you have a problem, right? Sure. So for the situation, you know, where it's like, you know, like something's wrong, but you just can't live with it, that, that, that's hard. 
and that was that was hard to watch. And there were people that night that were posting um, portions of her of her video, hmm. and they were sad. It wasn't it wasn't violent. It wasn't like people, you know, it wasn't like somebody actually like had shot themselves and they're bleeding out. It was just basically the outpouring of emotion that was being posted on there. And then, you know, and then the people were commenting like, you know, how could you be posting this? And it's just like, you just keep scrolling through it. And, uh, but a few of the ones, a few of the people who were posting things were actually doing some of the grabs from her post on Instagram. Yeah. I had never saw any of it. So I didn't know that, ah. you know, people were doing it. I just saw a couple of people talking about, please do not share that. Uh, right. So. <laughs> so no, the night that it was going down, uh, there were people that were posting that. So if you were scrolling through any of the feeds every so often, you'd run across and see somebody had posted like a 20 second video or you know a minute video, but uh, there was actually nothing graphic in any of it. It was basically just the uh, the emotional distress. I guess I can understand how that wound up trending and you know crossing over into sort of mainstream where you could see it. Where yeah, that is you know fantastical that there's somebody out there that's, you know, putting everything out there publicly like that and, and threatening to, to kill themselves and got the video to show and, and they're actually brandishing the weapon and whatnot. Yeah. I can understand how that, that crossed over. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, I, I that's fine. I talk about anything and, and we talk about anything. And, and... That's right. Good get into the you know kings of non sequitur there for a moment but (laughs) it just had happened and i just i i had made it a point that when it was when it it had all happened because i wasn't really you know we didn't talk about it so we went into this cold but i wasn't sure what you even you know i obviously i knew you'd be aware but i wasn't sure what your like recollection would have been like if you were a big fan or right you know because you know but obviously with your you know, as much wrestling as, as you, you know, partake in, I figured you'd have uh, at least something to add to that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was a fan. I, I did appreciate, uh, like I said, she brought something different. Um, she you, you could tell she was different. You could tell she was unique and uh, wasn't just a, 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 especially when she was performing in the late 90s, there was a, a run of basically like, uh, fitness models that were trying to be trained to be wrestlers, and it was mm. like beyond ugly. Like right. some of them had no business in a fucking wrestling ring, and it was sort of a you know overrun by that. Um, and she wasn't necessarily a wrestler, wrestler either. Like she was, you know, she she wasn't you know an amateur wrestler and was getting in there and, and training and, and trying to grapple with the boys or anything like that but she was different in that she was clearly not there just on her look she wasn't there because she was you know she showed up on a fitness video and somebody said oh we need to bring her in and try to train her to be a wrestler um it wasn't anything like that it was definitely uh different and a a breath of fresh air as far as i was concerned just to see something just different from the norm it was it was definitely uh, appreciated so yeah it was definitely very sad to see that that I didn't even know she had concussion issues because I wasn't keeping up with her after she left uh, WCW, after WCW closed. Um, so I, I didn't know anything about all that, uh, but I did definitely remember her as a performer. Well, I will um, I will try to uh, not 
be so depressing tomorrow night on the show. <laughs> uh, I was going to go even more uh, down the hole and say, speaking of non sequiturring, um, oh. you were, you, you had said something about um, hoping that it wasn't real and, and, you know, something, something that disturbing and depressing. Um, and that reminded me of probably the moment on social media that I would put as number one on my list of, um, God, I hope this isn't real, or I, I'm not even going to uh, look at that because I think it's a joke. And I'm not even talking about when, when Prince died, because that was obviously very, very shocking. Um, there's been a lot of other shocking, but uh, last year when uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman died, that was the one that made me like, I'm not even trying to look up if, if this is real or not, because I'm just not going to believe it. This, this is a joke. This is Someone's making a bad joke. Someone's bored. It's COVID. Everyone's indoors. Someone's oh. just making up shit. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I didn't want to believe that at all. And only after like an hour or two of constant uh, legit news sources uh, putting up their own stories about it and, and going into details and uh, actually confirming it. And, and, you know, we talked with right. so-and-so uh, who's, you know, the, the actual management team and, things like that. Um, that was the the most shocking to me where I was like, no, that, no, that can't, I just watched the dude in, in Black Panther, you know, last year or the year before. Uh, right. And no, he's, he's way too young, but no, I, I just refuse to believe. Yeah. It. And it turned out he'd been quite ill. Um, right. For some and time, was just hiding you know? It. Yeah. It's just, you know, and I, apparently the people who were on the set with him for his last movie, Right. Um, knew. I mean, like they could tell. Like you, then you start to see the things coming out. Like, yeah, we all knew he was in bad health, you know. Um, but because he was quite ill for 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 quite a while, and then, you know, and, and then he died, and and then the Oscars did him dirty. Yeah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was that was the last one. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I still intend so. to, um, but yeah, you guys, you and Dave were like, oh, they got to give him the Oscar because he's, you know, deserves his final performance. He's dying and during it and everything. Oh, yeah, and they're changing the whole show for him. Right, make that the and, last award. Oh, they're, they're setting it up for him. They gotta be. You know, and no, no fault, to Anthony Hopkins. He's one of the, you know, greatest living actors, uh, out there. Um, you know, it's not like it was his fault. Um, no. You know, but that's also on the Oscars and the people and the committee and all the people who are organizing the show. It's like, this is what you get for changing your entire format to then have that change of format blow completely up in your face. Bring that full circle to pro back to pro wrestling. If you're going to set it up like that, you got to be like Vince McMahon. You, if you got to know the outcome, yeah. you got to go into that envelope, even though it's not supposed to be open. <laughs> Until they get on stage, you got to go in that envelope before you get on stage uh-huh. and figure out what that ending is going to be because you can't have that be the ending if it's going to be for Anthony Hopkins. You can't right. switch everything around and set that up. Uh, un- unfortunately, you already pulled this a couple of years ago uh, with La La Land. <laughs> so if somebody would have announced Anthony Hopkins and then somebody else comes running out on stage. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Moonlight actually won Best Actor. Moonlight. You, you could only go to that well once. <laughs> Hopefully never again. That was so stupid and so embarrassing. And then you get the, uh, like, acceptance video from from Anthony Hopkins the next day, which felt more like an apology. Like, 
No, no, you won. Be, be happy. <laughs> you won. I reluctantly swear they picked award. you. You know, you, you don't have to feel bad about the fact that that you got an award uh, for 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 doing. Well, even Dave, the movie expert, said was should have won him the award, but you can't beat the dead guy. Yep. And nope, uh, psyched you out. Yeah. So. I was going to give it to them, and they said, nope, psych. I had had thought of, uh, I had thought, like, man, if I was one of these people who, like, was in the comedy world, I could have totally done, like, a comedy skit on one of these shows where after that happens, then they, like, all get up on stage and say they're going to have another award now for, like, you know, black lead actor. (laughs) Best dead actor. Best 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 black best performance by a an African American actor who, who is recently deceased, and then they go right no, no no. But here's the joke: they go through the whole thing, and then Anthony Hopkins wins that too. <laughs> that that does sound some like something off of a, of an improv show. That that's that, that is something Second City probably. That's good, would do. right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, go through they... this whole twisted themselves in pretzels to, to create some award that only he could win. And then Anthony Hopkins wins that too. I'm, I'm sorry. I won this one as well. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, <laughs> but I will yeah, like to thank I, the Academy once again. But I will, I will credit that thought to a really slow day at work. <laughs> Cause I was just thinking about like the ridiculousness of that whole situation of them changing everything. I'm like, man, this is, this is really ripe for, this is comedy gold, you know? It would be. So yeah, that's so I thought of this whole scenario that you could do this whole skit of them all like twisting themselves in pretzel knots to do this and then have Anthony Hopkins win again. And I thought that would just be like, that would be great. It might be the best example of why Saturday Night Live is, is gone down to twos because that sounds like something they would do on Saturday Night Live 20 years ago. But they would never do something right. like that now. Yeah, that that almost is more like something you'd expect. More, what would have been more recent to see, like uh, like a Key and Peele type skit or something. Yeah, yeah, or you, you know, know, Living Color back when when Keenan yeah. Ivory Williams was going. When you could act when you you know where you weren't so, you know, quote unquote vanilla uh, in your comedy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, actually, yeah. we weren't afraid so much to like push the envelope a little bit at, at the expense of a joke, which you can't do anymore. No, you, you can't offend. You, you might no. lose some sponsors, and no, that's, no, no, the no. Worst so that's why sin I, of all. I, that's why that's why I thought of that 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 sort of like almost being like a like a comedy sketch because it's not really offensive because it really just hammers home like the ridiculousness of of what that whole broadcast was all about, which was them twisting themselves in knots to give somebody an award to not give that person an award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, but it of course would be taken as offensive by, by a lot of people and ah. you know, for, for whatever reasons you, but you can see, you can see that. Even though no offense is intended. That doesn't matter. It, no, it if doesn't. I take offense, <laughs> Then I'm offended. If anybody takes yeah. offense, not just you, anybody takes offense, you must be canceled. 
And then How you have to apologize you? for for those who were offended. Not because you're actually sorry for what you did, because you're not. That's right. Nobody actually apologizes for anything anymore. They apologize that you were offended. If you were offended, yes. That's right. <laughs> and that's the world we live in. And that's the way it is. Now that is some non sequitur stuff. <laughs> Truly. All right. Well, I think I'm finished. Uh, and yeah, we got, we got uh, another, you know, we think, whoo, okay, we got through. And it's like, no, no we got a whole nother conference. We got another whole one of these to do tomorrow night with the NFC, uh, our NFC title winner and our Super Bowl prediction and, and our first pick. Chock full, even more full than tonight. So we got a lot to, to get ready for. So all of y'all uh, that are listening to the podcast tomorrow at your at your job, get ready. We, we got more. We got more fun coming your way. All right. So uh, NFC preview tomorrow night, same time, nine o'clock Central, ten o'clock Eastern, uh, to pick the uh, the NFC. We'll pick our Super Bowl. Pick the uh, first game of the season coming up on Thursday night. Uh, wasn't I just talking about the, the anticipation, you know, the whole CM Punk thing, just like uh-huh. you're anticipating the, NF, the NFL coming back the first game. I'm getting that same feeling, just like leading up to the, to the CM Punk appearance, those couple of days away, and I was getting excited. I'm thinking about that night, what am I going to do? I'm going to leave work. I'm going to get something good to, to eat for, for dinner. I'm going to come home. I'm going to be ready to go. Same thing. I'm already getting ready for Thursday night, thinking about what I'm going to do after work, where I'm going to go, what, you know, what I'm going to pick up. Uh, getting ready, real football coming back Thursday night. I'm 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 already ready for it. Uh, I hope Dak's ready too, because if he's if he's hobbling around still out there and he's not all the way back from that ankle, that that might be ugly. But we'll, we'll got, get to that tomorrow. But he's got but he's got 40 million reasons to, uh, to hop around on that ankle. <laughs> I see what you did there, uh, Miss Etheridge. All right, uh, so you're finished and, and ready to go for tomorrow. Can't wait. Actually, you have to uh, get ready for tomorrow. You don't have anything for the uh, for the NFC, so you have to do all that work tomorrow. Well, I have my <clears> ideas. <throat> I just have to put them to note form. I see. Can't wait. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, our AFC preview. And come back tomorrow for our NFC preview, and we will talk to all of y'all tomorrow night.